2, The Power of More from Brockmeier and Zalo. Innovation Thinking Today's episode is about energy solutions for the future. Before we get our guest into the conversation, I would like to introduce the co-host of this podcast, Dieter Brockmeier, the innovation expert at the Diplomatic World Institute. Hello, Dieter. How are you today? Oh, great. And it's a pleasure to have Andrew here today. We met, I think it's pretty exactly two years ago. Uh, and he's a great guy and uh, very literate uh, as the Green Party leader, but I don't want to introduce him too much. I think this is, uh, we should leave with you, uh, Christian. Now to our special guest, Andrew Langen-Newton, who is the leader of a political party and an advocate on the Isle of Man. Hello, Andrew. Thank you very much for joining us today. Good afternoon, Christian and Dieter, and thank you for your kind introduction. So I am, I'm in the Isle of Man. I'm leader of the Isle of Man Green Party, political party in the Isle of Man, and um, a lawyer in the Isle of Man, an advocate. And um, I, I have a deep interest as, as an advocate, as a political party leader in, in the future and, and the laws that shape the future and particularly energy. So I think that's going to be the subject matter today. Well, the interesting thing that when I uh, when we started talking about the uh, green energy, the is that the Isle of Man, being such a small spot in the in the water and such a small environment, closed environment, that it is very easy uh, to set up exp experimental environments. And I think it's absolutely great to experiment with green energy, like solar energy or wind energy on the Isle of Man. And uh, so what did you do in this, this respect? What is the Isle of Man's green footprint? Not as a party, but as uh, in, within energy. Well, the Isle of Man is the only biosphere nation in the world. So UNESCO biosphere station is uh, it's an accolade given by the UN body UNESCO. Um, so that is a positive thing for the Isle of Man. It, it identifies um, a balance between nature and, and the environment and human society. Um, however, in terms of energy, the Isle of Man isn't doing very well. Really, it, it has probably 95 plus percent of his electricity produced from fossil fuels and um, and th that only accounts for probably 25 percent of its emissions so I, I, that has, there isn't a, a huge amount of positive things to say about energy in the Isle of Man. So what's your concept of, uh, of the energy what will be the energy solution uh, what will be the solution for the yet still increasing energy demand of the future? Well, I, I, my view and um, the view by shared by members of the green community, I think, is renewable energy is the future for our global society, for the Isle of Man, but also for the rest of the world. And the sooner we adopt renewable energy, primarily wind energy and solar energy, then the future will be much greener and much better for us in terms of addressing the the increasingly present issues of climate change. Um and um, so I think there's lots of great opportunities from wind and solar power, and um, hopefully we'll adopt that a lot more sooner in the Isle of Man than we currently have. Well, I'm, um, I'm a little bit skeptic about wind energy because there are a lot of negative aspects when you see how, um, 
the uh, the foundations you have to dig into the ground and uh, you destroy and the roads you have to build to to reach the locations for the, for these big wind energy uh, fans. So I'm very skeptic about that because there are a lot of energetic aspects added with it. I'd rather see the solar issue, and I and, and I'm, because um, and uh, I'm now saying some posing an idea you actually gave to me that the decentralized aspect of uh, of solar energy is has very a very big advantage. Well, I, I can't really argue with what you're saying with solar panels. You're pushing against an open door, I think, talking about the decentralized nature and the distributed uh, production and consumption of energy and how that provides the matrix or the paradigm for a, a, a swift transition to clean energy. Um, However, that said, um, wind energy is an important part of the solution, and we're seeing in the United Kingdom uh, a huge amount of wind farms. There's currently um, um, a sale for the seabed in Scotland going on at the moment uh, for wind projects, which offers a huge amount of um, opportunities for private enterprise to build wind farms and um, power the future. Um, so wind, I, I think I, I recognize it's not going to be um, have a, a zero carbon or a zero environmental impact. Um, however, in, in the alternative to fossil fuels, and I would say nuclear, it has a much better outcome in terms of its carbon emissions and in terms of its environmental impact. I think if we look at places like the tar sands in Canada, um, or the oil sands in Canada, and um, the Nigeria Delta, and, and other places which have harvested our fossil fuels that we have burned in the Western world to power our economies, um, then we need to really take those into account when we measure the um, environmental impact of wind turbines. Well, uh, we just had a, uh, recorded a podcast a few days ago with a, with a UN consultant. And he is uh, absolutely sure that nuclear will be uh, the, the, the solution at least for the next couple of years. Not about, only because it is such a green energy and uh, and can reduce our carbon footprint, but just by the fact that many countries already dedicated for uh, nuclear power. This is kind of contradictive to what you're saying. Well, I think um, it's interesting because I think to pick out some principles for the future, um, the economy of the future is going to have to be electrified. So at the moment, for example, in the Isle of Man, and I think the figures in Western Europe and in the United Kingdom mirror it, in the Isle of Man, um, about 25% of our carbon emissions are from electricity generation. Um, but actually in the future, we're going to have to have a society where we are heating our homes, where we are powering our transport by clean energy. And that's going to mean electricity um, or hydrogen, which is produced from renewable energy uh, or excess renewable energy. So we're actually going to have to increase our capacity for renewable energy. So when we talk about a paradigm today, we're actually looking into the future. And I think the figures for the Isle of Man from the Green Party probably look about three times the amount of a um, gigawatt hours we will need for the future. And I think my recent figures looking at Germany for all the 2050 figures were similar. So electricity generation is going to have to treble in Germany um, to pick one country. And I think it's a similar situation for the United Kingdom as well. Um, so, I mean, we just can't 
keep up in terms of nuclear power, the amount of power stations that would need to be created, looking at the amount of nuclear power stations which are going to go offline in the next 10 to 15 years as well, they will all need to be uh, replaced. And nuclear power is about, I don't know, a region of 15% of electricity generation in the UK, I think off the top of my head, Um, but it's a very small amount. so the idea that we are going to power this electrified economy in the future with nuclear power, it just doesn't equate. Added in that uh, renewable energy is the cheapest form of energy ever. I mean, if you are producing electricity, I don't know, for under 4p uh, per unit per kilowatt hour, um, you're just not going to be able to, to compete with that in terms of building a nuclear power station, running it for 30 years and guaranteeing its capacity. Well, the economics, of course, is, a, is an issue. Uh, but let me switch a little bit uh, because um, I, I know that you usually argue quite a bit with, um, with a think tank, the, the, the Rethink think tank. And if I understood... The guy behind it, uh, don't have his name right now, um, he is really uh, very much in favor of solar energy. And um, he thinks that solar will be the future. And also because of the de- decentralized approach, I mentioned that, be- uh, that before. Uh, so what do you think about this uh, road he is, um, he is uh, predicting? Yeah, well, I think their thesis as a concept, decentralization distribution, is very attractive and offers um, a, a paradigm for disruption for the established economy, which is obviously damaging the world. And I think the name you're thinking of is Tony Sieber, and I'm a, an avid fan of um, of his work, along with uh, our James uh, Airbnb, the other um, person behind Rethink X. Um, and they've done a number of reports on autonomous vehicles, for example. But yeah, they put a lot of faith in the prospect of solar power as a decentralized form of energy that can really empower communities where communities are no longer having to rely on very centralized, very monopolistic forms of structures in terms of gas power stations, for example, but actually bringing power generation back to communities. Um, so it, it, I think there's a concept called Swanson's Law as well, which has got a lot of publicity in terms of um, the amount of global capacity increasing, doubling every two, three years, and the price um, of the solar panels falling as a consequence of that. And and I think if Swanson Law holds, by my understanding, mid-2030s, it could be powering the whole energy needs of the world, electricity and outside needs as well. Um, but we'll wait to see if that comes to fruition. Uh, okay, um, but um, let me con- argue a, a little bit against it. Because the problem I see with solar is you need a completely new and different infrastructure, a decentralized infrastructure. You have to rebuild the entire distribution system. And uh, the other big thing is, there's no sun at night, but there's also huge consumption, energy consumption at night. So every household will, or every building will need its own battery. And uh, we already now have a shortage of batteries for, for vehicles and then stuff like that. I'm positive that it can be uh, accomplished in quite some, for quite some fields, but not in a short or mid term. It will take a lot longer. 
and uh, Zola will not uh, have an answer for will will, ha- will probably be the answer for smaller communities or that uh, can share the, their energy with a with this medium energy demand. But uh, the the big industry complexes, I doubt that they can be uh, supplied via decentralized structures. But what do, what do you think? I think one concept borrowing from Tony Sieber is the concept of um, a faster horse syndrome, which is an, an idea that apparently someone said to um, Henry Ford when they were setting up the Ford Motor Vehicle Company. And um, the idea that what people wanted was a faster horse and, and they were seeing the car as through the paradigm of what already existed in terms of the horse. Whereas actually what we find with these technology disruptions is they tend to transform the whole nature of the economy and the society. Um, For example, the mobile phone was a great transformation, a convergence of many different technologies. For example, the camera, the digital camera, um, the, the software for the mobile device and being able to disrupt many markets from reading books to buying products online. Um, and I, what Tony Sieber says at Rethink X, and they've done a lot more work on this concept than I have, is that the solar panel is going to disrupt the energy market um, like these other technology convergences that we've seen in the past. And... Um, uh, and we inform ourselves about the future often by the past, and, and there's some value to that, but also it's also can blind us from the changes that are actually taking place. Uh, and these changes are not linear. They don't go like that. They tend to hit an inflection point, an S-curve, when disruption happens and adoption happens very quickly. Uh, and the convergence of that is um, or the cro- um the counterparty to that is the dumping of assets in, in fossil fuels investments as well, which only speed up the increase in adoption of one technology, renewable energy, and um, slow down the adoption of um, or, or the dumping of fossil fuels. Um, so, I mean, they make a convincing case that what we're going to see is a very distributed accelerating change of adoption in renewable energy and um well we already know that's happening now um whether it's going to be it's not going to be the only solution and and you mentioned batteries and and batteries are going to have to be a part of that as well but it's really forming microgrids so you're not talking about these long infrastructure chains like what you've referenced um, although they could be solved to a degree by the improvement in semiconductors, which again is a technology that in Moore's law, a double of pro- doubling of processing power, um, Moore's law is um, also mirrored in lots of other technologies when you have a learning curve. And that's what we're seeing in all these technologies happening very much together. And, and one final point is this idea about Moore's law, it's like in the next two years, the doubling of processing power will be a doubling of processing power for the processing power of the last 50 years. Uh, and that is um, an overarching consideration in how we view the future. Okay, now I'll give one a very short a summary of your global energy outlook. What will be the future? Uh, two sentences. Um, uh, green, uh, 
renewable and, and distributed. Uh, and um, so I think I could sum it up in those two words. It'll be renewable energy and it'll be decentralized and distributed around the world. And, and people, all people have access to the sun and the wind in different quantities. I appreciate that. But that means those communities will be empowered to generate their own electricity. Okay, then um, I'm, of course, not if it's agree not with everything you're saying even i would love that uh, this would be the uh, really the outcome i'm a little bit more skeptic on that and i think i fear or uh, that nuclear will be accompanying us quite some time longer but uh, okay let's leave it on that and i think we all deserved our weekend and thank you for a really great insight This was a conversation between Dieter Brockmeier from the Diplomatic World Institute and Andrew Lang Newton, who is the leader of the Green Party of the Isle of Man. Thank you for your valuable opinions. Thank you. To the power of more from Brockmeier and Salo. Innovation thinking. <laughs>